Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why do we have insights when our mind is quiet? How do insights play a role in our ability to learn, and when do they impact the trajectory of our lives? Welcome to Insight Out, where we explore these questions and dissect how insights influence who we are and ultimately who we become. I interview New York Times bestselling authors and some of the most influential minds of our time to find out what insights have helped to make them who they are. When I realized that the world worked in many different ways, I'm gonna choose to create a life that is specifically designed for me. I see infinite capacity to think and create. That's the magic that we all have. You can tap into that any point in your life. You just have to decide to do it. And as a leader, you have to be a transition figure. As Dr. Covey said, be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. If you're like me, constantly working to design a life that will allow you to reach your fullest potential so that you can leave your mark on this planet, then you're in the right place. I'm glad to have you on this journey and hope you enjoy this episode of Inside Out. All righty, let's get going, Brendan Kay. And I'm excited because we're going to dive into somebody who has done some remarkable things in his life. Naval Ravikant is the co-founder and chairman, also the former CEO of AngelList. He himself has been an early stage investor in some of the biggest companies that we hear about. Companies like Uber and Twitter and Postmates and Thumbtack. He's actually been so, so prolific in his ability to identify and find companies that are on a trajectory that really sets them up to do remarkable things that he has had 70 exits and 10, count them, 10 unicorns, which is a billion dollar. Wow. It's not very often you can talk about somebody that has done the types of things that he has done. And so we're going to dive into some of the insights that he shares and that he has given to the world in the form of his thought leadership, his knowledge, and really his way of thinking about how we should show up. And so to start, I want to hear your personal story. When did you first get exposed to the brilliance of Naval? And what was it that stood out when you very first heard about him? Yeah, absolutely, Billy. Great intro. For me, Naval was pretty much an accident, I would say. I was just browsing through Joe Rogan videos, clips specifically, and I landed on this guy. And I looked at some of the titles and I was like, well, it's seven minutes to kill. Might as well watch one of these. And I was astounded by the value that Naval shares, not just on that episode with Joe, but just in general. Most of his social media is actually on Twitter. That's where he's actually really well known. I don't follow much on Twitter because I'm not on it. But basically what he does is every few days, he shares quotes and anecdotes on, on ideas like wealth, wealth generation, how to use leverage to our advantage, how to leverage luck to be successful, how to find our passion. There are some of the topics that Naval talks about. And he's very prolific. He's kind of like a, a silent powerhouse. Even if not many people know about him, he's guessing on all the big shows, probably except for maybe Lewis's. He's been on Joe Rogan's show. He's been on Tim Ferriss, et cetera. 
and and a lot of great insights that I got from him. And what what stood out to me the most from Naval is the way that he thinks is very unique. The way that he brings about frameworks, ways of being, ways of thought. And the reason he's able to do that is because most of his time is spent reading books. He spends most of his days now, ever since he's been had a successful run at Ageless and E-Opinions, he's made quite a sum of money. So most of his time now is spent just reflecting, pondering ideas and helping other people build, build big things. It just goes to show you the power of taking the time to develop your ability to think critically and to expand your mind in a way where you invite new ideas, new beliefs, new thoughts, and then you form your own based on this collection of other people's ideas. And it's a combination of getting access to all these different thoughts, ideas, opinions, coupled with you have your own take on things. How do you take what you've learned from others and form your own unique opinion and something that will allow you to stand on your own and really gift the world your own thought leadership. So let's talk a little bit about this first idea that I know you and I spoke about before we started, which is this idea of determining what we should spend our time doing. What should we be thinking about? What questions specifically should we be asking ourselves when we think about how we're spending our time? Yeah, absolutely. And I was just pulling up the note to make sure I had the question as well. And 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 the key here is is Naval has a very unique perspective on things when it comes to how to find an idea, how to think through your passions. And one question that I really like that he shares is an idea of how do you build curiosity in what you're doing? Because every great idea stems from curiosity, right? We get really curious about it in a way that most people don't. Like th- think about me, right? It's like why would any human being be curious about public speaking? It's like such a bizarre thing to nerd out over. And the same thing with Naval. He has a great framework on this, which I'll share. One of the questions he asks is, would I still be interested in learning this thing if I couldn't tell anyone about it? What tells with this question is, if, if you were able to like research it, but you don't get to tell anybody, then it's a great indicator that you're personally curious versus what other people care about. So I'll give you an example to kind of help break this down. Why do I wear Nike shows? Is it really because I love Nike? Not really. I like showing off my Nike sneakers to other people. It's like, it's cool. It shows my brand, who I am, very competitive person. And I must say that I did not pay full price for my Nike shoes. That's also a win for me. But the, the other piece is, is Nike is a brand. It helps showcase status to other people. Whereas with this question, would I still be interested in learning this thing if I couldn't tell anyone about it? Now you don't get to share the status. Now you have to keep it to yourself, which means you're only going to pursue pieces of knowledge that you're really, really curious to know about for yourself. And that's where it leads to great ideas and great companies. Why is that? Why do you think, and this is your own spin on it or your own take on it, why does he invite that methodology of thinking and how does it inform or impact our ability to do remarkable things or build remarkable companies? Great point. So this is where Brendan gives us two cents to your point. This is something we got to learn from Naval as we go about this conversation. A lot of his concepts are very esoteric. It's not as easy to pull in all the practical insights. And that's what we're trying to do in this episode as best as we can. But it's important to have that uh, preface as we begin this. But back to Naval, the way that I see this, and it goes back to a book that we've quoted a lot in this show called Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Peter talks about this idea of secrets. And he asks this question that we say pretty much every episode together, which is, what is the truth that you believe in 
that most people disagree with you on? What's something that you think is true about the world that most people think doesn't make any sense? But generally, those ideas, those secrets usually stem from personal curiosity and something that most people aren't thinking about. So going back to public speaking, I had a weird intellectual curiosity around speaking because I wanted to win competitions. And that led to a YouTube channel and the coaching business that I have today. But that's also true with many other examples. Let's say we take the founders of Airbnb, Brian Chesky, Joe Gebbia, Nathan Bukarczyk. When they started that company, it mostly stemmed it from they couldn't pay the rent. They're trying to build a startup and add something else random. And they're like, man, we need money to pay for rent. So they rented out their own house, air bed and mattress. They had a bunch of air mattresses that they blew up. And then they made like 500 bucks in a day. And they're like, holy smokes, like this is actually a business. And it was through that own intellectual curiosity. They were obsessed with community and get belonging, getting people connected. That, that ended up being a secret to a big company. But the point is, going back to Ravikant's question, would I still be interested in learning this thing if I couldn't tell anyone about it, is when we go back to this question, we're focused on ideas, concepts that we're personally curious about. But if we are personally curious about and they turn out to be companies, we then become the people who are most likely to succeed at those ideas because we were still working on them before we got paid to do them, if that makes any sense. So because we cared about the idea before it was profitable, if we become the founders of those ideas, we then are able to execute them. And another piece that I'll, I'll pull from Ravi Kant as well, since we're talking about them, we hear about this concept in startups called product market fit where the product meets the market and there's a fit between the two, where people want the product and you're able to produce it. But Ravikant actually coined a new term called founder market fit, where founder market fit is, or rather founder product market fit, which is even if you have the right product in the right market to play in, are you the right founder to execute that idea? And this is the most important piece because even if you have the perfect idea, if you're not the founder to bring it to life, you won't be able, or the right founder to bring it to life, you won't be able to execute on that idea. So it really goes back to, would I still be interested in learning this thing if I couldn't tell anyone about it? If the answer is yes, and it ends up starting a company, you're probably the most per, the person the most likely to succeed at building that company. I want to make sure I heard you right. Did you say a moment ago, the founder of those thoughts? If you're the founder of those ideas. I love that. I love that. You're the founder of those ideas or the founder of those, those thoughts is a really interesting way of really another way of saying thought leadership. When you are the lead or taking the lead, when it comes to a given set of principles, ideas, methodologies, thoughts, you are, you are actually like a founder of those thoughts. And it, and it doesn't mean that you're pulling it out of thin air without any substance you're actually synthesizing it based on your own life experience and the knowledge you've accumulated coupled with the thoughts and ideas of other people. And you make a, a version of that that is specific and unique to you. And you become the founder of those thoughts, which I absolutely love. I want to dovetail this conversation into this other idea that Naval has, which is this idea of long-term versus short-term and the nuance and the important nuance of understanding why we should be thinking about things from a long-term perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So when we think about short games and long games, what Naval is really talking about is what needs to happen for you to build exceptional things. 
And what Naval argues in many podcasts is that if you want to build exceptional things, ideas, products, services, you need to play games with other people who want to play the long game. What does that mean? If you partner with individuals who are very short-sighted, who want to make the quick buck, they aren't going to spend the time meaningfully trying to build something important because the second that they see the bag, which is the cash, they'll just run for the races and cash out. So the point is, what Naval is talking about, is when you think about building relationships or building meaningful things, you need to build them with meaningful people, people who are willing to play the long game. For people who are listening to this podcast, me and Billy are great examples of this. We just like working together, period. Like It doesn't really matter if this becomes the number one podcast show or one of us starts becoming really wealthy. It'd probably be Billy before me. We're probably going to still keep doing the show until it just becomes impossible, like feasibly impossible, which I don't see for the foreseeable future. Because we just like working together. We see the long game. It's fun. We're learning something new. And those are the types of partnerships that everyone listening to should be striving for. Not being friends with someone for a specific goal. Oh, if I partner with Billy, he'll like blow me up in this area or that area. Don't think of it like that. That's too transactional. Think of it more like, regardless of what happens, this is just fun. We're both learning. It's cool. Whatever happens, happens. And just go with the vibe, right? And I think that that's what Naval's talking about. And more specifically, in the context of his projects, Angel S, E Opinions, the investments that he's made, he's a result of the success of the long game. Because over the long game, if you don't play short games, you're not short-sighting people, you're not cutting corners, you build a strong reputation. So the best founders, like from Uber, Thumbtack, whatever, they approach Naval. It's not the other way around. They go, this guy's a great reputation. Let's partner up with that guy. Let's give him an opportunity to invest in our company because we want his advice. You can all be successful that multiple times, you know, 10 times to your point of the intro, if you played that long game. And finally, that's also true with the people that built the companies with them. The co-founder of AngelList, the co-founders of eOpinions, they're all playing long games together. So they're able to build something meaningful together as well. Yeah. And your word that you used in there was such an important word, which is transactional, right? And I think in life, we have a choice. Do we show up in a way that really allows us to connect with people on an interpersonal level and have a a real connection, a real bond and give of yourself unconditionally. And the other person does the same without motive and without selfish intention. Sure, there could be and likely will be a lot of benefits as a result of you working with the people that you want to work with. But I I think to your point, if it starts to feel transactional in nature where you are, it's almost quid quo pro where you're, I'm going to do this for you in exchange for you doing this for me. That's when your vision is short-sighted. And I love that you used us as an example because it's so true, man. I mean, like you're, this is a chance for us to practice everything that we love doing, you and your thought leadership, me and my, in my podcasting, interviewing, conversationalism, and all the things that go along with it, these opportunities that we have transcend, oh, what the metrics may show or this or that and in, in this being, quote unquote, a, a transactional occurrence of us doing this on a every few day basis. So, and with that, the other side to this idea of, of what Naval talks about really has some interesting thoughts as it relates to the power of compliments. And then just as important, the negativity 
of insults. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is one piece that that Naval talks about here, and I'll quote him. He says, it doesn't take a lot of insults to tear down many compliments. And this is another way of saying the power of positive thinking, is if you hang around people who are constantly insulting you in a derogatory way, I insult Billy all the time, but it's more for fun than anything else. (laughs) You're so good at it. (laughs) In a fun way, because I know Billy doesn't mind. But for most of us, if we get insulted too much, it tears down the compliments. And this is one thing I would never do with Billy, which is to have him play small. Like if we're having a call together and he's thinking about a project, I'm not making fun of the project, right? I'm focusing on, okay, let's make this bigger. Let's think about this direction. And you want people like that in your network. Here's a good barometer, Billy, that I invented that I think is related to what Naval is saying. If you're constantly debating your ideas and like defending them as to why you should do them to your friends, you're probably surrounding yourself with the wrong people. Like if you're always going like, no, but this is why this works and this is why it's going to work and this, and that's all you guys are talking about and your friends are just going, ah, I'm not sure about that, blah, blah, blah. And that's all the conversation's about. You're probably around the wrong people. What you want to be around is what I call solution-focused individuals, people that are looking at you and going, this is good, but this is how we get to the solution that you're looking for. This is the direction I would go in and to give you and spark new ideas. And that's another piece to Naval's point is that even if you have 10 positive people, if you have just one negative person and they insult you just enough, it's going to outweigh the 10 other positive people in your network. So it's important for you to really be ruthless about the way that you you honestly tear down negative people in your life and get rid of them so that you can you can only focus on the bigger picture of what you're trying to do. Well, it's like, it's like a negative thought, right? You get a negative thought. It, it, you have the ability to treat all of the negative thoughts that somehow wind up in your mind to weed them out and to remove them, to extract them from your brain. We all have them. You are not unique. If, if you think you are because you have negative thoughts, you're not. These are protection devices to avoid risk, to put you out of harm's way. And the same holds true with surrounding yourself with the wrong people. You're, you're going to naturally end up having that happen from time to time. And your awareness and your ability to navigate through that in a way that will allow you to remove yourself from the situation or don't get into the situation to begin with allows you to surround yourself with the right people or allows yourself to have the right positive mindsets. And it's like a fertile garden in your brain. And just like life in general, you have choices and your choice with that is to remove those negative people or remove those negative thoughts. Make the choice, but it all starts with you first. Being honest with yourself and recognizing that these things exist. These people exist. These thoughts exist. So I want to transition into wealth because I know that's a really important point. And clearly the guy knows how to generate companies that build wealth but how does he think about wealth and the and the benefit of it? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I love about Naval, and I highly recommend for those of you who are listening to this, to watch his episodes, a three-hour podcast episode on how to get rich. And the title is very misleading because how to get rich sounds like some get rich quick scheme. That's not at all what Naval is talking about in the episode. It just sounds off. The episode is really understanding how wealth works and how to leverage it in a way that fulfills the ultimate goal of wealth that most people aren't focused on, which is time freedom. The reason you want to get wealthy is not to buy a Mercedes Benz. Okay, It's not to buy a big house. It's to buy your time back. Because when you buy your time back, you're now able to think 
about what you actually want to do with your life. And this is why Naval says wealth buys your freedom. That is the purpose. Okay. Wealth buys you freedom. That is the purpose. So now the next piece becomes, how do you build wealth? Okay. How do you build the success so that you can achieve the financial results you're looking for? And what he talks about in this episode is this idea of leverage. Leverage means picking the right people, right? And the right markets to focus on so that it leads to results. I'll give you a super simple example. Technology and media is how most people have created wealth in the last 10, 20 years. Most people. So for example, think about something like technology. If you build a simple technology solution or you work for a technology company that's successful, you build the product once and it multiplies on its own without trading your time. Media is the same thing. If you have a successful YouTube channel or a podcast, it takes a lot of time to build up. But once it's successful, you invest an hour of your time and it multiplies out to millions of people in the world and you profit from each of those views. So this is an idea of leverage. So when you think about wealth, always think about leverage. How can you reinvest the money, the time, the resources that you have into something bigger, whether that's real estate, whether that's index funds in the stock market or the two that he specifically talks about, technology and media. And that's also why a lot of technology employees, think about number seven at Google, number 12 at Microsoft, also become multimillionaires because they get equity options from the companies that they work for. And that's another piece to think about is wealth is all about leverage. And if your number one goal with wealth is time freedom, you'll be able to leverage and build it over time. So let's talk a little bit more about that. And then we'll we'll wrap up with this idea of the, the four kinds of luck that exist. But before we move into that, I want to dive in a little bit deeper on this idea of allowing wealth to buy you the things you need to give yourself and put yourself in the position to buy your time back and to give you that ability to do what you want to do with the hours that you have in the day. So you mentioned technology, you mentioned media. What else, if anything, stands out from his approach? You, you mentioned this this long podcast that you listened to. Well, first of all, what, who is that his podcast? Where can people find that? How to Get Rich is the name you said? Yeah, so this would be his podcast. So it's basically just one episode. It's not like a, he's not super consistent with the show. And, and it's this idea of another piece that I'm just reading off my notes here is the idea of what's another way of thinking about leverage. And when he started AngelList as an example, the company, he asked himself, what can I build to help people gain access to capital? And then he spent a lot of time and that time was then building that company and that company was able to be sold out for a certain amount of money. But the overarching principle here is he followed his own truth and he made sure what he was building was adding value to other people's life. And what he, another way that he says this, he says that wealth is a positive sum game with a competitive edge. So what that means, positive sum game with a competitive edge, is simply that if you build something that is more valuable, right, that is more valuable than the price that people pay for it, that difference becomes the wealth that you create. So if you sell something for $5 and people value it like $10, they'll keep spending $5 to buy that thing. But if it only costs you 2 or $3 to make it, you can build significant wealth over time. Right? A good example of this that I can give is Netflix. Right? Think about how crazy Netflix is. Before Netflix, you would spend $100 on cable TV, you'd be plastered with commercials, and it would suck, if I'm being honest. But now with Netflix, you're paying like 10, 15 bucks a month, 
You have unlimited media. There's no commercials. The value that the consumer is getting for $15 a month is absolutely insane. But the cost for Netflix to actually produce that $15 a month product is way less than $15 a month to redistribute it. Probably cost them a few pennies on the dollar because of the server and costs that are involved with giving you a login or whatever. And the margin on that is so huge that obviously, you know, that's why Reed Hastings, the founder of Netflix, and whoever bought stocks in the last 10 years of Netflix became either multimillionaires or billionaires. Another piece that I want to add that I got from Naval that I've never shared on this pod that I actually just realized I got from Naval that is worth sharing is the idea that the best founders in the world listen to everyone and ignore everyone all at the same time. What does that mean? That means that the best founders on the planet listen to everyone's perspective, but also have the critical thinking skills to go, this doesn't make sense for me. I need to pursue a different path. So I'll give you an example. Some of you who are listening to this podcast should build their own companies, but that percentage is really small. Many of you should be like, I actually shouldn't be building a company. I should work for Tesla. I should work for Sony. I should work for a company and be an executive there and make half a million dollars a year. So it's important for you not just the best founders, but the best people to look at the options on the table and go, actually, now that I've listened to everyone, this is the option that makes the most sense for me. Mm, I love when you get passionate, man. It's so infectious and your enthusiasm, it's representative of why we should take to heart what he shares. Because to your point and to his point, everybody has something valuable to share. And ultimately you need to figure out what will help you on your own journey because only you know all of the pieces of the puzzle. Only you know all of the history leading up to today in your life. And only you know the vision of where you're going tomorrow. And if you are able to take from people who've also led extraordinary lives, who in some way you want to take a sliver or a piece of what they've done and apply it to your own life, then you need to be very, very conscious and intentional of what pieces you take into your business, into your life, into the future. So I want to make sure before we move on, because I'm really fascinated by the, the idea of this three-hour podcast and all the things that you learn. I want to make sure there's no juice left in that orange. Is there anything else from that podcast that either you took notes on or it could be generally before we move into the the four kinds of luck, which will be the final thing that we do. Yeah. Is there anything else that stands out that we absolutely must mention? Yeah, I would say there's a lot of things here. And I would encourage people to watch it because even for me, I need to rewatch it, to be honest, because there's so many gems. But I'll end with this one. Then we'll go to the four levels of luck, which is escape competition through authenticity. No one can compete with you being you. So what does Naval mean by this? He actually used Joe Rogan as an example when he was on Joe's podcast. He looked at Joe and he said, look, Joe, he's unique, right? You have all these interview skills. You can like interview scientists and like boxers and fighters and comedians and still be able to hold a conversation with all of them, right? from the doctor to everyone. And that skill is impossible to copy. Like no one can copy Joe Rogan being Joe Rogan. There's only one version of Joe Rogan that will ever exist for the history of time. And that's why what he's able to build is completely unique. So he doesn't have any competition. 
because no one else can be Joe Rogan. So Naval actually extrapolates that for all of us. All of us are unique. All of us have our own talents. So the only way to escape competition is to be more of ourselves, more of our unique selves. Like being the wacky dude who's like making YouTube videos in his mom's basement on public speaking tips. The wacky guy who's building a very successful podcast agency that's so obsessed with customer service. Literally, it hurts. Like how obsessed you are. That's a level of obsession. So the key is more to be more of you. Because the more you are of you, the harder it is for people to copy you and to be you. So that would be the most important piece I got from that episode. You just reminded me of one other thing. I keep teasing the four kinds of luck, but the other thing that we need to cover is this idea of being extreme. What does that mean to be extreme? Why should we be thinking about that? Yeah, of course, man. So this is a quote that Naval gave of Sam Altman. So for those who don't know, Sam Altman used to be the CEO of Y Combinator. He's a really smart individual. And he's been an advisor to many successful startups. And he's building a AI ethics committee. I believe that's what it's called. I think it's called OpenAI with Elon Musk. So yeah, Sam knows what he's doing. And he has this great quote that Naval says on behalf of him. And the quote is, extreme people get extreme results. You can't be normal and expect abnormal returns. And the reason Sam talks about this when Naval quotes him is that if you want to do something extraordinary with your life, you need to be a little bit crazy. You need to be willing to do the things that most people aren't willing to do. And this is why the most successful world changers in our society today, Elon Musk, you know, Larry Ellison, Mark Benioff, I mean, take your pick. They're all pretty wacky characters. I mean, Elon is literally on a podcast with Lex Friedman. I was listening to this a few weeks ago. And Lex was literally asking the most bizarre question that nobody, including me, would even think of, which is, Elon, when you get to Mars, what will the government system look like there? I love that. It's like so esoteric. You don't even think. And then Elon's like, well, this is how we think about the government system on Mars. As if we've already landed on Mars. As if that's even a... (laughs) He's already thought about it. I love it, man. As if that's even like feasible. Like like most of us are still like, we can barely get to our grocery store. That's like right there. You want to get to Mars? So it's, it's another level. But I would encourage people to lean into that. That's why I always say be insane or be the same, right? It's kind of a... It's another version of that. It's kind of like a ba- adopted child of that quote, where it's like, if you want to do something important with your life, you need to step into your uniqueness. And maybe your uniqueness is not going to Mars. It sure isn't he- as hell for me. It could be like, I make the best cupcakes in town. And why the hell am I an investment banker at Goldman Sachs? I should be like dropping out of my half a million dollar job and just baking cupcakes, right? So everyone's different, but you got to figure out what that craziness is for you and you might get some cool results that come with it. President of Mars, Brendan Kumarasamy. Uh, <laughs> all right, Brendan, so let's talk about these four kinds of luck as we wrap up here. What are the four kinds of luck and why should we even know about these four kinds of luck? Why should we know about them? I'm not really sure, to be honest, but I'll give it to you. Then let's make something <laughs> other on the spot. Right. Okay, you can just answer what they are then. <laughs> so the four kinds of luck are blind luck, persistent luck, spotting luck, and unique character and brand luck. So let's go through them. So blind luck is, is just pure luck, right? At the end of the day, it's just you get lucky, done. Second luck that Naval talks about is persistent luck. And what I like about that, I was kind of making a joke earlier, but the reason why understanding these types of luck is important is because it helps you figure out what do I actually do in my life to create luck versus react to it. So when you look at these types of luck, ask yourself, am I actually actively trying to create that in my life? Second luck, and I'll give you an example because I got a fun one here. Persistent luck, work your face off for luck. 
This is a great example. Did I get lucky that I met Billy? Yes, but not really if you think about it. Billy got introduced to me by a guy named Sam Kamani. And the way that I got to Sam is I guested, and listen to this, I guested on 200 podcasts. Okay, I went to 200 really, really bad shows. I would get on a show with a sports guy and he'd be like, why is this guy on the show? Uh, so Brendan, <laughs> who are you? And like, and I'd be like, oh, public speaking. Oh, like we didn't look at your YouTube channel. So like, those are the types of shows I was on. No offense to those guys. It was super fun actually talking to all these random people. I was on weed shows and stuff. But I needed to go through 200 hours of like craziness to get to Sam. And then after that 200 hours of effort to get to Sam, I got to you. But if I never put in that work, I never would have created the luck to get to Billy. And now my whole life has changed. Now I'm like, my whole world is changing because I know Billy. Well, that's the point I want to drive is this is an example of persistent luck. Did I get lucky that I meet my Billy? Absolutely. But if I didn't put the 200 hours, I never would have got to Billy in the first place. And that's what I want everyone to think about. Number three is spotting luck. Spotting luck is is when you can create opportunities. This is a difficult skill, I would say. This is kind of me adding my own layer on top of what Naval is saying, because he just says the four and moves on. So I'm adding my own kind of Brendan Brendanisms to it. So going to to spotting luck, as you become more mature, as you become more knowledgeable about life and the world, and more specifically your area of expertise, when you figure out what that is, it becomes a lot easier for you to spot luck. It's like social audio here on LinkedIn. You said LinkedIn is going to push social audio, the the LinkedIn audio platform. It's a new platform or new new feature within the platform. So they're going to take a a a really I'd say important step forward to emphasize people using it vis-a-vis and through organic reach, pushing it out there. And you have you and I had this conversation earlier. We're going to be active there because you've spotted, we both spotted that this is a potential trend and a potential early adopter vehicle to get out there and leverage to the fullest. Absolutely. And the most important word that you said there, Billy, that I want to emphasize so people catched it is we. That's the other piece to spot luck, get spotting luck, is you need people in your network to kind of nudge you a little bit in opportunities you might not be looking at. And that's why when we look at something like LinkedIn, LinkedIn is something that Billy actually helped you with because he was like, hey, man, you're not looking at this. You're not spending enough time on this. And I was like, oh, perfect. And now we're doing this together with LinkedIn Audio. Such a great point, man. So, I mean, like Gary, Gary Henderson, you know him. He's somebody who's very much, or our fanzo, like, these guys are in the know. You have these people in your network, you know, whether it be crypto or NFTs or the next social media platform or whatever, people who are in the know who have their ear to the ground and can spot keyword spot trends, can identify things that we should pay closer attention to are super valuable to have within our orbit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely right, man. And that's the magic of the network. Because now, as your network develops over time, so does your ability to spot luck. Because now you got people around you who are kind of like radars. Another final example on this, and then let's get to the final point on luck here, around unique character and brand, is spotting luck is interesting. I'll give you one quick one. Logan Paul, okay, because he's friends with Gary Vee, he had this great TikTok. And he said, you know, Gary Vee literally called him out of the blue and he's like, buy a crypto punk. Like, just buy CryptoPunks. And Logan was like, why? It's like, what the hell's an NFT? And he's like, buy CryptoPunks. It's going to be huge. It's safer than, like, money in your bank account. And then Logan was like, 
okay, whatever. But the other piece of spotting luck is you got to take action on the luck. So he bought CryptoPunks for like $50,000 a piece, and now each of them are worth half a million dollars. So now Logan was like, shit, I should have probably bought more CryptoPunk when Gary V tells you to do something. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, is like, because Logan is Gary V's close friend, he got the opportunity before we even heard of it because Gary V is not a close friend. So the other piece to spotting luck is if somebody else spots the luck and it doesn't cost you a lot of money to take the action, just do it. Just listen to them and then make your own decision. But you got to take the action. Totally. Oh, such a great point, man. I had something similar happen. A friend told me, hey, I'm investing in this new coin. I ignored the text. I did not take action. He invested six grand. A month later, his account had $1.5 million in it. And I didn't take action. That's an example of failure to act on a very, very easy and simple thing. Yeah, I might have lost all that money. That's a fair point. But also the upside is pretty apparent, right? So I think, yeah, and to your point, you have those people in your network, know who they are and be on the ready to do what you think is the right thing to do once you have enough knowledge to make that decision. But don't think you need to have everything figured out to make messy progress or take messy action. Well said, Ben. Super well said. Which brings us to the final point, unique character and brand luck. This is super fun. I like is he says that he, let me quote him here, build something unique. So luck finds you from your own expertise. This is a good example of luck that we've built over the last 12 months. And me specifically with the YouTube channel is when you build something very unique and you focus on the brand, you actually attract people towards you because you become more and more impressive. So if you're someone with a million subs on a YouTube channel, you're going to get access to people and opportunities that people who don't have that, uh, that aren't able to. I'll give you a best example of this. Marcus Brownlee, right? Literally started as a kid, some 15-year-old kid making tech videos. He has over 10 million subscribers on his YouTube channel, and he's literally interviewed every tech giant. Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, Alphabet CEO, Sundar Pichai, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg. Like he wouldn't have access to Elon Musk, too. Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon as well. He wouldn't have access to these people if he didn't take the time to build a unique platform that is incentivizes the people to build a relationship with them. So that's an example. I was there when he interviewed Elon, so I know that one. Oh, you were there, actually? <laughs> yeah, we had to leave the... Yeah, we couldn't get access to part of the, the factory when it happened, but yeah. That's so cool. The point I want to drive is like, and you're in a line note this as well, is when you're able to build something truly unique, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a YouTube channel or a media play, it could really just be a project you're working on that is so fascinating that people at the higher echelons... Uh, not higher echelon, maybe that's the wrong word, but people who have more leverage in society want to get to know you, want to be around you. So leverage that as much as possible based on your unique skills and strengths. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Love these insights. And clearly he's somebody that if you were to adopt even just one of these things, you would see remarkable outcomes. So I want to thank you, Brendan, for once again, bringing the goods and sharing some deep and powerful insights and knowledge from a a prolific human that's living right now on our planet, who's done some remarkable things and who's identified, who's been able to spot the right people building the right companies at the right time. And there are no accidents. It's not an accident that he's been able to have the level of success that he's had. And so take advantage 
of these powerful, life-changing ways of thinking. So uh, hopefully you got some value out of this one. I know I did. And we will continue the conversation as we do this on the next one. Until next time, make it a great one. Thanks for joining. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Out. I hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in business and in life. If you like this show, the best payment you can give is to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. You can also listen to past episodes and see a breakdown of all the best insights by going to insightoutshow.com. And for the record, there's no greater compliment than sharing this show with your friends on social media. So if there's an insight or a lesson that you liked, please share it and tag both me and today's guest. And until next time, remember, your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out.